So the, the Holy Spirit, the spirit that uh, we get inside of us, right? The one that we talked about when we talked about spiritual formation. We can go back to the other slides. Now that, that same Holy Spirit that was hovering over the earth before it was even created is the one that lives inside of us. Kind of a weird concept. You can like draw any analogy in your head that helps you. Maybe you have to think of like the force and how it kind of flows through everything. It's sort of the same idea, right? The Holy Spirit was in that moment, in that place, before the world was even created. It was God in the world that didn't yet exist. God in the universe, right? And then as he created the earth, as he created the, wa the waters, the Spirit hovered over the waters. Just like that, it, it's drawing the, the hope that as the Spirit is hovering over the waters in Genesis... So he would also hover over us. So we would be able to experience the same Holy Spirit that we have in us hovering over us as a community, as a people group. And part of the reason we've taken so much time, this might feel like so much time, I guess it's been like six weeks, but part of the reason we've taken the time that we have to go through this series called Spiritual Formation is because I really, really want us to all be on the same page. We did so uh, last month where we went through Romans so that we'd all be on the same page, so that we'd all be reading the same thing and we'd find community in that. Not just listening to what I have to say, but also listening to what God has to say on a, on a daily basis, right? We're going to continue so, starting today with the month of November. We're going to be reading through the book of Acts this time. So we're going Romans, Acts comes right before it. Talking about the early church, and the reason why we're doing that is because tonight... And next week, we're going to talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. And in Acts, it's the early church. It's um, specifically the Acts of the early church written by Paul to kind of like document everything that was going on after Jesus left. It's like the first uh, and it's a, it's a record in the Bible, I guess, of the church after Jesus left. What, what did people do after Jesus left? We always read the Gospels and sometimes we stop short of Acts because we just read the Gospels over and over again. At least I do anyways. So, diving into this, what we're going to talk about tonight. You guys got this part right. What, what are we going to do? Exactly. And I underline do what Jesus did today because we're going to talk a little bit about what it means to actually do what Jesus did. Um, is this thing working? Yeah, it is. Oh, but I can't go backwards. I went to one forward. Sorry. Bro. We talked about how we're changed. Prayer, spiritual reading, the Holy Spirit, and community. And these two, the Holy Spirit and community, work really well together. Because as the Holy Spirit that's inside me is the same one that's inside Millie, that's inside Jason, that's inside Kylie. It's the same Holy Spirit. And just like the Holy Spirit can communicate with me, He can communicate to those people to encourage me, to challenge me, to help me to grow. Maybe the Holy Spirit would give um, Jason a thought. An encouragement is something where he just needs to tell me, like, hey, just so you know, God wants you to feel um, his peace. So I want to pray peace over you or something like that, right? We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves now. But we're going to kind of walk through these three points really quickly and then go into a little bit more depth. Okay, but I want to start with these three points because I think they're really, really important. And we're finding this specifically... Um, in the book of both Romans and Acts, but Romans 10, 9, you should have read this if you did your so. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's as simple as that. When someone says, repent and be saved, that's all you got to do. 
There's, they might look at it as a, a sinner's prayer. Some people look at it um, as something that we can declare together as a body. You can say it alone in your bedroom. Doesn't necessarily matter the context of how it happens, but if you declare with your mouth, so if you can say, Jesus is Lord, he's king over my life, over the world, over the things around me, and believe in your heart, so you can't just say words, it's, it's the head knowledge versus the heart knowledge, right? We have to have the knowledge in our head that Jesus is Lord, but we also have to believe it in our heart so that it comes to fruition in our lives. That God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved, okay? So that's the, the step one. The idea here is that we're getting the Holy Spirit in our lives. We want to experience God hovering over us as a body and also hovering over our lives as individuals. Living inside of us, becoming part of who we are and changing us more and more, okay? Step one, repent. Understand, nothing we have and nothing we are belongs to us, okay? Next is be baptized. Who understands what baptism is? Anybody in the room know what baptism is? I say that? Brittany, you know what it is? I can't see your hands when you put them by your head. You have to raise them up like you're in kindergarten. Five of you know what baptism is. In the back row. <laughs> okay, so there's two kinds of baptism talked about in the New Testament. There's the baptism by water. So this is where John the Baptist was baptizing people before Jesus came. And John the Baptist actually baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. Right? He baptized him, came out. And then um, this is actually when Jesus' ministry started and when he actually began to... Uh, pursue the things that his father had for him on the earth. It kind of marks the beginning of the end for Jesus. But there's baptism by water, which is a public declaration of your faith to the people around you. We have baptisms on Sunday mornings here. We don't normally, or I don't know that we've ever had a baptism on a Wednesday night, specifically because um, your parents are most likely, most times, want to see you baptized, and so then we have them on Sunday morning so that they can see and they don't have to come on special day. But, if you've never been baptized, really cool experience not to jump too far into baptism with water because we want to talk a little bit about baptism in the Holy Spirit, okay? In, oh, i got to find it. Just give me two seconds here. In Matthew, you guys got your Bibles with you? Yeah. I heard like four people did. That's good. Um, in Matthew chapter 3, in Matthew chapter 3, verse, I thought for sure I wrote this down, verse 11, here we go, I baptize you with water, this is John the Baptist talking to a group of people that was listening to him, John the Baptist was actually Jesus' cousin and he lived Essentially to prepare the way for Jesus. He told people, Jesus was coming. I want to baptize you so that when he comes, that you're ready to follow him. So he's saying to these people, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one, he's talking about Jesus. Jesus is the one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So this idea of baptism through the Holy Spirit. We'll get into it a little bit more. Because they talk about it in Acts. And before you guys do your soap and read Acts chapter 2, I wanted to just talk about it a little bit. But we start with repent, right? And then we're baptized. We have the opportunity to be baptized with water before a public congregation. And then as you repent, you are baptized with the Holy Spirit. Because we live in the after Jesus has died 
period, the, there is not necessarily a distinction between the time that these two things happen. When you accept Jesus in your heart, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're both um, repenting and experiencing new life, and the Holy Spirit's also coming into you and changing you. Does that make sense? Are we tracking? I'm really heady right now, so if you're not tracking, someone say, no, it doesn't make sense, and then I'll back up and we'll try to explain it a different way, okay? But step three to the perfect three-step process, okay, is receive the Holy Spirit. So I said that when you repent, the Holy Spirit just comes into you, right? Right? I said, that's what I did say, actually. But I'll just say it again. So when you repent, the Holy Spirit comes into you, just as a thing. But there's this idea of the gift of the Holy Spirit. So, not two different spirits, same Holy Spirit, but whether or not you allow Him to change you. Does that make sense? You still tracking with me? I'm getting a lot of blank stares, like you guys have been lost. Alright, we're going to hope you're not. Let's go backwards in the process one more time, just to make sure we got it before we move on, okay? We start with repent. Nothing we have, nothing we are belongs to us. We confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. Then we're baptized instantly with the Holy Spirit, right? He baptizes us, cleanses us, removes all of our sin. We, we, have, we can be water baptized as well. Again, I encourage you to do that as a public declaration that you're walking with Jesus. And as symbolic of dying with Christ and raising to life. So saying goodbye to your flesh. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. And then you have this opportunity to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, like I just said, the Holy Spirit's living in you, changing in you, transforming you. But if you don't accept the gift of the Holy Spirit, you're just going to be limited in what the Holy Spirit is to you. Does that make sense? You're not going to experience the fullness of God in your life. You're not going to experience the fullness of what He can and wants to do through you. If we look at Acts 2.38 there, um, immediately following what uh, Christians call the day of Pentecost, which is when the Holy Spirit came after Jesus had gone back to heaven. So he dies, he raises to life, he goes back to heaven. They're in a room together, the disciples, because they're scared out of their mind that they're going to be next on the line of people to get hung on a tree. Okay? During that room, they're praying, they're seeking God. They're like, why am I here? What is going on? And then, I believe it's 40 days after, it says in the chapter, you'll read it and remind me, okay? But I think 40 days, they're in that room, and the Holy Spirit comes. And when He comes, they experience for the first time what it was to be with God on the earth. So they were with Jesus, which is the physical representation of God on the earth. But they hadn't experienced the Holy Spirit yet. So imagine this, 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 this thing that we have in our everyday life after we repent and believe in Jesus, the sense of peace, the conscience inside of us, the, the one who guides our steps, the one who when you pray hears you, they didn't have it for 40 days. They were just kind of waiting for it. They were like, what's going on? Don't want to die on a tree. What'd you have for breakfast? You know what I mean? Just hanging out. Then the Holy Spirit comes and they are able to experience 
what it means to walk in unity with God on the earth. So Paul talking to this group of individuals after the day of Pentecost, he's in, it, it's already happened in, in when the Holy Spirit came, he actually came in tongues of fire. And those, those tongues of fire split and they rested on each individual people. So kind of like we just sang about, but more literally than maybe we would really desire to have it happen. The Holy Spirit rested on each of the individuals and they began to speak in other tongues, meaning that they began to speak in other languages. As they're speaking in other languages, there's people all around them because they're in Jerusalem, which is essentially, if you think of Minneapolis, it's kind of like that, like a melting pot of all different cultures, but specifically in a holiday season when there was people from all over the place. And all these different people are hearing them in their own language because they're speaking in so many different languages. Okay, Everyone's confused. They're like, what's going on? And then Paul says this. He says a lot more than this, but he says this. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. So start with repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So it starts with those two steps. Have your sins forgiven. And you will receive why does it say fight? It's supposed to say gift of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Not exactly sure. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So after your sins are gone, you have an opportunity to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, the reason I highlighted this a little bit, and we're hanging out here for a second because I really want to make sure that it makes sense. Maybe I'm talking, you might feel like I'm talking down to you and you're like, you got this already. But I know that there's some maybe in the room that don't fully grasp it. The reason that we're focusing on the receiving of the gift is because it's just like accepting Jesus. In my mind, anyways. Different people can interpret this differently. But the way that I think I want you to grasp it and the way that I feel like it will most impact you is if you can view it as a gift, just like Jesus. Jesus was given to us as a gift an opportunity to receive salvation. God didn't say, I'm going to send Jesus down there, he's going to die on the cross, and all the people then have to follow me. And he said, then they'll have an opportunity to. They'll have an opportunity to choose me or to choose what they want. Just like you have an opportunity tonight or any other day to choose what God wants or what you want for your life. Right? In the same way, you have the Holy Spirit in you because you have... God living in you. But you have an opportunity to receive this gift of the Holy Spirit, a communion with Him, by accepting it. And we like to look at it as a gift because it's not necessarily mandatory. You can be a Christian, be saved, walk all the days of your life with Jesus, and learn to commune with God without ever like physically accepting this gift. Or saying... God, I want your Holy Spirit to live with me. I want to hear your words. I want to understand you better. You can like be 90 years old and love Jesus. I'm not saying this is a matter of heaven or not. I'm saying that it's an opportunity for you to go to another step that you haven't maybe yet experienced. Are we all on the same page? Okay. Because now we're going to dive into... A few different things that I want to challenge you with before we head to small group. We might have a little more time in small group tonight because I feel like there's uh, just opportunity to explain some things. Now my clicker's for sure not working. So next one, thank you. So we start this step 
this process, right? We need to know Jesus. We talked about this. We need to become like him, all those things, right? But we need to know Jesus, and then we need to be empowered to make him knowing. And this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. Because in our own power, even if we know and understand Jesus, we can't necessarily get out of our own box to share Jesus with other people. In Acts 4.12, you guys will read this in the coming week, right? It says, no other name saves. In Romans 10.9, we talked about believe and confess. In 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about how it all starts with love. But first, when we know Jesus, when we love Jesus, then we can be empowered. Can we go to that next one again? So we want to live this lifestyle. This is kind of the bringing it all back down to something that's more understandable, okay? I want you to, to feel challenged to live a lifestyle that starts with repentance. Start with understanding and knowing that everything you are belongs only to God and not to yourself. And then be willing to accept Jesus in repentance and baptism, that he's going to come into your life and change you, that he's going to wash away your sins. A big part of baptism is that you're, you become submerged and then you're raised out of it for this idea that when you're submerged, you're, you're clean symbolically. Your spirit's been clean, your soul's been clean, and then when you're raised out of it, you're a new creation, a new person. Same idea, baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then this third one is the one that we're talking a little bit more in depth about, which is an acceptance of the Holy Spirit. So asking and believing that when you accept the Holy Spirit to come into your life, that he can do things through you that you wouldn't be able to do on your own. You might be a really courageous person, but when the Holy Spirit comes into you, you'll be filled with so much more courage to share the gospel with people. You might be someone who has zero courage, but when the Holy Spirit comes into you, you're filled with things that you weren't able to do otherwise. So it's just taking an opportunity to be uh, filled in a way that you wouldn't otherwise. Let's go to the next one. But knowing Jesus first starts with love specifically. And we can, and then a desire of the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we have to figure this love part out. This is why I mentioned 1 Corinthians, which is the next slide. 1 Corinthians 13 is a little small for y'all. I'll try to fit it all on there. It says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud, it does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know him in part. Then I shall know him fully, even as I am fully known. So the last bit 
No, we can go back. Sorry. The last bit talks about um, this idea of the end, meaning when you die, right? Knowing more in full who God is. But it's a part in the middle that we're really going to just hang out on just for a second. So you're kind of like, where are we going with this whole Holy Spirit thing? It's just kind of crazy and weird, right? And I feel like if you have been a Christian for any amount of time, you have an understanding of what the Holy Spirit is, but maybe the gifts of the Holy Spirit, specifically things like prophecy or healing, um, more physical representations of God's power in a room, they can be kind of intimidating, a little bit scary, a little bit like, how does that work? Absolutely, totally agree. But the part that I want you to catch on to right now is that Yes, those things are really cool, and yes, there's an opportunity and a place for them, even here on Wednesday nights. But we first have to live into that culture of honor that comes with loving each other and loving Jesus. Because if we don't understand and fully grasp the concept of love in the way that Jesus died for us, in the way that um, you should feel that same love back towards God, right? then those things, those, those gifts, those physical representations, those um, expressions of the Holy Spirit in your life don't necessarily matter. Because you're kind of missing the main point, which is that God wants to love us and we want to love God. Because it's that love that transcends death. It's that love that was made perfect when Jesus actually defeated death and rose again from the dead, right? Without it, there's just nothing left, right? Everything else ceases. Everything else is meaningless because it's nothing more than a resounding gong or clanging symbol. So as we're talking about this, I just don't want you to jump to a conclusion. I want you to see the opportunity that is love and how we can actually love each other in community with the Holy Spirit alongside us. Now we can jump to that slide. So with that in mind, with community in mind, we go backwards to one verse, which is uh, our chapter, 1 Corinthians 12. It says, now you are the body of Christ, which is us as a community. We are the body of Christ. And each one of you is part of it. So each one of you matters so very much, which is why I've said to a few of you, when you're not in the room, it matters. Because... God shows up in a different way when you're in the room because you carry the Spirit of God in a unique way that only you can carry the Spirit of God. Okay? God is placed in the church first of all apostles, seconds, prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing and helping and guidance and different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have the gifts of the healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts. Okay, so... We're going to dumb this down just a little bit and maybe pull a broader concept than not of, than what Paul meant, but a broader concept of this idea, right? That each of us carries the Holy Spirit in a very unique way. And in doing so, we offer a unique thing to each other. If I don't show up, and I don't mean to show up to speak, if I don't show up at church on a Sunday morning, to participate as a Christian, to participate as one in the body of Christ, 
then the room lacks something that I can carry. Just like if you don't show up on a Wednesday night or Sunday morning, whatever, to church, we lack something because you carry the Spirit of God in your own unique way for your own unique gifting. So we'll go to the next one. Yeah. Which brings me to this final point, okay? That it's really just not about you at all. Instead, it's about how we can love Jesus and our world together with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We can love Jesus in our world together without the Holy Spirit, just with that first part, right? Where we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we accept Jesus, we believe the truth, we live with strong morals. But when you add in that third element that was always meant to be there from the beginning, which is to fully accept the Holy Spirit and His work in your life, you have this opportunity to live out an empowered lifestyle where the Holy Spirit's in you, and filling you, and leading you daily. But first you need to know Jesus and fully understand that you are called to love Jesus in the way that you are called to love Jesus, absolutely. But at the end of the day, it's about how we can come together as a body. It's about how we can come together and change the world and raise a bunch of money to save people out of sex trafficking and hunger and loss. Because honestly, y'all, like, we could do some of these things on our own. Like $6,000, if I really put my mind to it, I could either raise it or just work for it. But that's not the point. The point is that when we can come together and when we work together in our goal is just to love other people through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, that we can actually inflict change and we can actually experience change in our own lives. So if you're tracking with me here, and I hope that you are, I realize that this was a lot to kind of unpack in 30, 45 minutes, 20 minutes. I don't know how much time we actually use, but if you're tracking with me here, I really, really like to give you um, two big things to think about. I normally give you at least one, but today I want to give you two things to think about. Number one, if you don't know that you've ever like repented and been baptized in the Holy Spirit by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you like an opportunity to do that here tonight. What like that looks like is, is ultimately up to you, but we're going to take a few minutes here and just um, reflect for a second and try to try to make sense of the things that I just said, I guess, if you're still a little bit confused. Maybe we can just turn on a little bit of background music for a second. But if you're feeling like, like you just want to experience what it is and what it means to be a Christian, what it is to know Jesus on a deeper level, and really find that place of repentance, maybe for the first time, maybe for the tenth time, maybe the first time in a little while, then I just encourage you to find your leader in this moment. 
And maybe we could maybe we could actually just kind of spread out across the room here so that we're not distracting each other. Both leaders and students, if you feel like you can spread out into different places in your rows or sit somewhere. But if you feel called to, to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then I want to encourage you to do that. Find your leader and talk to them about it. Tell them where you're at. Share your struggles. And then the second element is, is really accepting the Holy Spirit and everything that He wants to do in your life. So if you are a Christian, you do, you do know Jesus, you, you've repented and you feel like you're walking with Jesus, but you're really just not sure whether or not you've fully opened yourself up to the Holy Spirit and what He wants to do in your life, then that's another reason to go talk to your leader. And the leaders, maybe you're not super prepared for this, but like, all you have to do is just pray with them. We just want to experience what God has for us, and we want to be able to live out an empowered lifestyle, walking with the Spirit. Okay? So you take a few minutes doing that, and then I will come back up, and I'll pray us out, and we'll head into Smoggers.